Hi there, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And it is Wednesday, June 10th. Happy Hump Day. I hope you guys are having um, an awesome night. We have, as I promised, a special guest joining us. Oh, hold on a second. Let me turn my volume down on my phone because I need to share. We have a special guest joining us tonight. His name is Jair Wilkinson. So I'm waiting for him to chime in at any minute. But otherwise, I'm going to get started. I need to share this on my page. You guys know I do this every week. It seems so crazy that I just can't share it, right? Oh, no. Me and technology, I just don't know what I'm doing. Hang on just a second. Um, let me pull it up again. I thought I shared it, but I shared it twice on the same page. There we go. All right. All right, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And um, I promised you guys that for the month of June, I would host some growing men to talk about their experiences of being men and, um, you know, what all this, the pandemic, the civil unrest, the murders, the police reform, the conversation, how they feel about it. So um, tonight, I will not disappoint. I have guest number two. First of all, hey, Stephanie. Hi, Kim. Hi, everybody watching. I appreciate you guys so much. So let's get started. You guys know three cheers of joy. So since my guest hasn't arrived yet, I'm going to go ahead with what I had in mind. And it is a wine from the St. Augustine, Florida winery. I tried it at my mom's and this is what I'm using tonight. So tonight's Three Cheers of Joy is sponsored um, by the St. Augustine Winery. And it is almost tastes like a muscadine. It's like a blend of a muscadine and a bold red. So it's really good. This is my second bottle since I've been, um, since I tried it the first time. So we're gonna start with that. All right, my first cheer of joy. Um, my first cheer of joy. I'm so happy for my imagination because I find myself in this loving space and I wonder what my life would have been like had I been just surrounded and engulfed all in this love like my whole life. Like I have three amazing children, but I'm thinking I probably would have had six. <laughs> I'm thinking that I would have just been so fruitful and wanting to give so much life and vitality to my husband and to my family. So I'm thinking I would have had more double the kids that I already have. So cheers to being able to imagine what a lifetime of love feels like. Cheers to that. My second cheer of joy would have to be um, not being afraid, and I'm sure I've celebrated this before, um, not being afraid of what what can happen to me, being able to speak from a place of wisdom and experience and understanding without worrying about what somebody's gonna do or what somebody's gonna say. I mean, I'm really, I think I feel very safe. I feel very confident and knowledgeable of my experiences. And I think I've taken, I've learned from them. So I think I'm happy for that, my experiences and my ability to just say what I'm gonna say and be bold in it. So that's my second cheer of joy. 
So the first cheer of joy was the ability to imagine how good it would feel to be in a, rela in a relationship surrounded by love my whole life. I'm happy that I, I can imagine that. Yeah. And then the second thing is being fearless and speaking from a place of experience and um, speaking from just knowing that I'm okay, right? So I'm happy that I'm able to speak from that. My third cheer of joy is um, the ability to, well, let me cheers. Let me drink to that. Cheers to that. And my third cheer of joy is being, um, I'm happy that I'm able to see the changes that are taking place in the United States today. I'm happy that I'm able to witness all of this and to be able to talk to my grandchildren about it the way that it was and the way that it will be once they're old enough to recognize everything. So I'm very pleased with um, having this experience to share with my grandchildren and my great uh, grandchildren. So that's my third cheer of joy. As I promised, um, I hope you guys are celebrating something. I hope you got something yummy that you're drinking. I hope you got some yummy things in your life that you're celebrating. And as I promised, we have a special guest tonight. He has arrived. His name is Jair Wilkinson, and I'm very pleased to have him as a guest tonight. And hopefully our conversation will not disappoint. Hello, sir. How are you? How are you doing? It's odd in the I think you're muted. Let me see. I can't hear you, honey. You can't hear me? You're not yeah. muted, but I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Is that my is that me that you're I can't hear you? Okay. Okay, let's see. Okay, say something now. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. So it must have been me, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I can hear you now. So welcome. This is Jair, everybody. And he is here to spend the evening with us. And we're gonna pick his brain and see what his thoughts are and um what he uh you know, what his thoughts are and what he looks at when he looks towards the future. So welcome, Jair. Thank you, thank you. We've just finished, I just finished my three cheers of joy and I mentioned to you that the three cheers of joy were three moments of self-celebration. Do you have three cheers of joy that you'd like to talk about? Um, let's say my first cheer of joy is definitely the graduation, uh, graduating from um, high school. That's my first cheer of joy. You know, uh, with all this pandemic and all this um, situation going on, you know, um, that's definitely my first one. My second one would definitely be, um, let's see, overcoming adversity. That's my second one. I say that because, you know, when you go through high school, you know, you change, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. Um, in high school, you know, when you go from ninth to 12th grade, you're not the same person that you are from ninth grade. So, um, and I had a lot of things going on, a lot of personal things, and I overcame it, graduated high school, um, with honors, so I'm, so I'm, I'm glad. Woo! So, yeah. My third and last one, um, will probably be get over, overcoming, um, let's say overcoming my, my brother's death. So I don't really talk about it as much, but um, yeah, my brother died my junior year and, you know, I took that pretty hard, you know, beat myself down to it. But, um, you know, when I look towards it, um, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't want me to beat, you know, beat myself up, you know, just stay positive. Um, life is going to go on. So 
So I gotta keep going. So those are my three cheers of joy. Well, thank you for participating in the three cheers of joy. I um, I always, um, whenever I have a guest on the show, I always ask them to participate in that, in that a lot of times people don't really think of like just things that have happened to them that they can celebrate. We always look for these grandiose things to celebrate that we don't um, just take an opportunity to see that, you know what, damn, I didn't think I was going to make it through the day and I did, you know, so even those moments we celebrate. So thank you very much for that. And following with your three chairs of joy, I have two questions. Well, maybe three. One is you graduated high school in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Exactly. What was that like? Um, when we actually, I remember my last day of school, my last day of school, what I remember from, I was at my last track practice, or my last track meet, actually, my last track meet. We didn't go until like 10 at night. I didn't go, yeah. And I didn't want to go to school that day. <laughs> and I was tired from, I was just tired from, you know, we've been running all day. And I didn't know that would be my last day of school, literally. And I didn't go to school, what was that, that Thursday. And that Friday, that's when they called off with the quarantine, all that stuff. We, they can't nobody can come to school. So when you think back of it, if I would have had another time in school, I would definitely would have went back, you know what I'm saying, just to see my friends again. But I didn't like online. I did not like online. Me, I'm a visual person. I didn't. I can't do online. The online was difficult? It was it was difficult, but I got through it, you know, with helping right. my teachers and counselors. Um, Did you have, so you, um, of course, you and your friends had plans. You had plans for prom. You had plans for yeah. the graduation yeah. ceremony. You had senior skip day in there somewhere. You had all of these plans. And then all of a sudden, it's like, stay home and don't do anything. Was that like, what was that like? Me to me, I'm an athlete, so I don't like staying in the house for so for a certain amount of time. I'm always out doing something. That's just mm -hmm. how I am. My mom knows that. Um, so me it was actually pretty depressing. So, you know, I'm usually working out or I'm with my friends. But when we was on lockdown and quarantine, I didn't it was like I was in prison or I was incarcerated. And I didn't like that. My mom was incarcerated. All I could do was stay in my room, right. play the game or do homework like it was the same thing every day like I didn't I didn't like it and but I had to make my own schedule my um my grandma told me to make my own schedule just do something different every day even if it's just um meditating or just working on your own or just walking you know what I'm saying taking enjoying the sunlight just something I needed your I needed your grandmother because I was struggling too. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I so, needed that too because that was difficult for me as well. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think about you guys and you guys, the young ones, you young folks, you come and go all the time. And especially at your age, you're probably driving. You got movies, you got dates, mm -hmm. you got friends, track practice. You got stuff to do, and all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt. Like you can't go outside. <laughs> so I didn't even think about the level of how that would hit you and maybe that possible opportunity for depression, but I can mm -hmm. definitely imagine that. Um, so what, how was it with um, you being at home and staying connected with your teachers? You didn't necessarily like the online learning, but you had to stay connected. What yes. allowed you to keep doing that? When, well, in school, I'm always connecting my teachers. I have five classes so you know it's not a big of a class so when you connect with your teachers and when your school environment is close or they're very close um you, you get connected to your teachers 
um, all the time. So uh, all my teachers, I actually see them, I actually see myself talking to them after college and just in college. So, so you know, when I need help or when the help is given, I, I take it, you know, so. That's good. I mean, it's good that it's especially to have something positive to say because we had a lot of teachers to struggle too. And we don't take that into consideration. You go from the classroom to all of a sudden you have to be online and manage your students in this virtual space. And I'm sure that's pretty, that was difficult for, for everybody to do. Um, you also said that you had to overcome some adversity and some depression and just with being home and making the transition. So I'm gonna, after we do the three cheers of joy, I usually roll into like a Facebook post of the week. Mm -hmm. And um, and I told you that, so maybe you have a Facebook post you'd like to share as well. So mine will be pretty short um, because it was just kind of funny and I saw it today. Mm -hmm. And it says, uh, she's sugar and spice and everything nice. And I'm sage and hood and wish a mother truck of wood. We are not the same. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, especially in reference to me, because people always expect me to be this nice person, which I am nice, but I'm not a pushover and I'm very direct. And that was one of my three chairs of joy, just being able to be honest and upfront. So when I read that, I thought that's me because I'm always like, no negative energy. Let me get that away from me. So I, whoever made that little poem, I definitely liked that. And that was my Facebook post of the week. So do you have a Facebook post of the week you'd like to share? Um, I do. I definitely okay. have a Facebook post. Um, I don't know right now, actually. That's okay. So just, well, it's mostly like when it was on the verge of me giving, I don't, I'm not, I don't ever give up, you know, just as me. I don't, I don't really give up just in anything like I'm really ambitious I'm really determinated that's that doesn't mean anything to, giving up doesn't mean anything to you because you're young and you're I'm sure your mom hasn't taught you that giving up is an option giving up comes when we get older like me and you're like tired of trying but for you you're just like I'll do it I'll do it so I get that <laughs> so yeah it was just on a point where like like you said depression like it wasn't really depression but it was like I was in that mindset of, uh, I can't do this, I can't. But so my mom did a um, Facebook post, if I could find it. Uh, she did a Facebook post uh, for encouragement. And I had all the encouragement from family that even if I haven't seen them before, family, friends, uh, siblings, cousins. And that gave me hope to, and faith to um, keep pushing because I'm not only making myself proud or doing this for them or myself I'm doing it for people um that look up to me or the people I that believe don't in know you. me yeah, yeah. So. I remember the day um your mom made that post and I thought that was such a neat idea so while he's looking for it I'll let you guys know his mom made a post asking that we send positive words of encouragement to Jair with him graduating or being a senior in the pandemic. So she asked that we leave all of, just say something good and kind for him. So when he and I talked, I mentioned it to him and he talked about how it was so great for him to be able to have that. And that's what he's looking for now. I'm gonna see if I can find it. I found it. I you got it? it? 
want to read it or what the you the, you can just why don't you read what your mom said and then just pick out a couple that just you really appreciate it and you don't have to read the names of who made it or you can but i think it's just more important understanding that the words your mom's tribe is so powerful that she was just able to summon everybody to just send this energy your way and you responded to it um the post said, good morning, everyone. I'm working on something for my son to celebrate him being a 2020 graduate, and I need your help. If you could comment something positive to congratulate him and inspire him to keep moving forward. Jairi is amazing. He has always had the ability to stay on course of plan. His perseverance and strength on not giving up were unwavering, even though his sports injuries are any setback. He is a mentor to friends. He wants to leave a mark on this world to make people feel better mentally, physically, and even spiritually. I love him so much. Last night he came to talk to me and I never heard my son sound so defeated. I felt helpless. This year meant so much to these graduates. He is now at the threshold of something new and right now things seem uncertain. I want him to always know that God is in control. So please comment below because I will use them at a later date. I want to take a moment. And from my uncle, uh, my uncle said, Ja, you have made me so proud as your uncle. Give thanks for life, always next. Keep God first and <laughs> you always say fix their face. But here's the thing you say is fix your face. <laughs> um, my brother's mom, which is my aunt, uh, congratulations, Jair. Don't give up. At times you felt when you feel overwhelmed, but in those times, just know that you have a support team in New York. And I know that your brother Joshua will be looking down on you with a smile saying, good job, bro. Just think of him when you think of giving up. He will want you to keep pushing. Everyone is so proud of you. What are you doing? What you're doing and accomplish. Only way is up. Never surrender to negativity. Stay positive and keep the eye of a tiger. God got you. Josh got you and we got you. Um, Jair, before you read another one, was Josh older or younger than you? He was older than me. Okay. He was older brother. Okay. All right, go ahead. Thank you. You're good. Uh, my last one. I'm going to take a random one. Jair, you are, awesome. you are an awesome young man. Life is sometimes doesn't go as planned, but you can and will move forward. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. It was really, the post was just, so nice and it goes in line with who his mother is and I've met her through Facebook and she's just um just one of the kindest spirited women that I've met and I've met some amazing women you guys know I always thought love my Facebook women my Facebook friends and she's just so sweet right and um when that came out I just I was overwhelmed thinking like oh my gosh the opportunity to send some goodness the way of someone that's graduating because you know we couldn't imagine graduating in this time not going to school for the last uh nine weeks of school i could have never we could have never imagined that even leaving for whatever spring break or his last track meet he was still thinking about what he needed to do on monday probably like what has to happen and then that was it so um that was really good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate you sharing that and your maturity. So I know that you said you have a poem that you want to share, but yeah. I think we'll wait a few minutes to share it because I want to kind of get into um, the interview, some of the questions that I asked to see, you know, what your thoughts are. 
So first off, I know that you're a senior and you run track and as well. You play what else? Basketball as well. Basketball as well. Wow. So what are your plans now that you've graduated high school? What are you planning to do next? My plans are I'm attending Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia. Okay. I will be majoring in kinesiology and minoring in psychology. Oh, so kind of a um, sports injury therapist kind of thing happening there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kinesiology. Okay, well, good for you. So will you play sports while you're there or are you? Uh, I'm definitely thinking, I think uh, my first year, I should definitely, um, I'm going to work out, but I'm definitely thinking um, like a manager just to um, get used to college, mm-hmm. um, play sports, and just, I'm trying to get used to college experience, then when it comes to sophomore year, I can, um, you'll see then. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you. So your high school that you attended, did you go to the same school for the, for four years? Did you yes, go to ma'am. Okay. So did you have um your friends was it a diverse culture of people or did they was it a um predominant were you like the minority in a group of people was it uh mostly black americans what how would you describe your circle of friends um i believe they're very diverse i'm friendly with anybody i'm okay. a friendly person i'm not really wanting to be mean to anybody but like i said i could be my group of friends is uh diverse i can't really say all black i have a lot of friends that are white um hispanic any any race so okay do you have do you feel like being and i guess last week i asked this too do you feel like because you are a black american man a growing man do you feel like you're less than because you're a black american um let's see me, what me? I can't really. This can you repeat the question one time? Do you feel like you're less than like your non-black people? Do you think because you're a black man, you're not as good as other people? Do you think that's a hindrance for you? Uh, not for me, actually. I know for uh, other people, that's probably the thing, but I don't think for me, um, I don't feel less of a person. You know, because I'm a. I'm going to keep going, Uh, I'm going to keep grinding, I'm going to keep doing what I have to do. Um, Okay. I'm going to feel less of any man. Okay, and and that's good, and that's good, and the reason I ask that is because we always, when people talk, it's usually the older men that talk, how they feel in situations, and that's why I wanted to concentrate on the younger men, to see if you guys, you Gen Zers are coming out of school feeling, you young black men are coming out of school feeling like, well, I'm not as good as this person because I'm black. If if you feel like being black is a detriment to you or you're not gonna be as great as somebody because of it. And that's the only reason I ask. I don't, I'm a woman, I don't have that. I think I'm great. Yeah, I <laughs> so never that's had that. not an that. issue I have, but. I never had that at all. Okay, all right. Well, good. That's good. That's good. Do you think that, um, and you don't think that you're limited in opportunities because of it either? Nope. Okay. I think at this generation, we have enough opportunities because, you know, we, as Gen Z, we are young entrepreneurs, you know, we can, we're doing hair, we're selling lashes, we're doing this, you know, it's it's other ways to make money. So I think at Generation Z, we're doing our thing. And I, and I think I believe that as well, because you guys, the Gen Z, you guys are the generation that 
will literally grow understanding the importance of equality or equity amongst everybody. I'm a Gen X, the millennials are kind of in the middle, but the Gen X, we were still raised as a kind of a separation. They're trying to kind of mold it together, the different cultures, but we still had our separatist views on white people did this and black people did this. But you guys are truly the mesh of the melting pot. You guys are truly what America uh, is going to be with the um, diversity and the acceptance and understanding of cultures. So that, I mean, so I, I get that for you guys. I think it's us, my age, uh, my age, probably between 30 and 80 that are struggling. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys are like, whatever, why are you guys having all these problems? Yeah, I think I was pretty fearless, you know? Yeah. But I believe it was very fearless. I remember uh, one of my mentors told me this, um, if I can remember, right? Um, as Gen Z, we're, we're fearless, but we use it in the wrong way. Like, we use it, like, towards to disrespect our elders type of thing. Like, we, do, we, use, we use it in the wrong way. We should be fearless towards, like, situations like this, which we are, you know, mm -hmm. protesting all this stuff. Um, but we kind of use it in the wrong way of um, disrespecting elders, you know, like, talking back or just, like, so, yeah. Well, you guys have been you guys are being raised to speak your mind period right. like so whether it's an elder or somebody your age you've been raised that i can say what i'm going to say and i'm free to do that so mm -hmm. it's not an intentional disrespect we were taught you don't talk back to your elders and you don't disrespect your elders but mm -hmm. we also weren't taught to speak our mind right you guys are taught if it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter who's doing it, right? So I can totally, I can understand where um, your mentor is coming from in saying that. So I totally understand that. So let me ask this, we're gonna move on just to kind of um, see what your thoughts are. So in February, there was a murder of a young black American man, Ahmaud Arbery. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I am. Okay, so we didn't, well, mainstream news didn't find out until beginning of May, I think, that the video was released of him being murdered by the citizens. So when you found out about it, what were your thoughts? Do you remember? My thoughts on the murder? Um, yeah. I've seen the murder. I try not to watch too much graphic things. It kind of like messes me up mentally. Okay. And but I have seen it before, and it you've was, seen a murder in person. Oh no 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 no! no. Oh well, yeah, I have and I have so yeah, <laughs> I have. Okay. But, but um, I've seen the Ahmad, mm -hmm. and it was really traumatizing as a black man. You know, you don't want to put yourself or other friends, or you think of you don't want to think of the worst, right? Like that. You know what I'm saying? He was he was innocent. Right. So, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was, it was shocking. So first of all, so it was shocking that he was murdered and it was recorded. And then to find out months later about it and nothing had been done to the people who murdered him was even more shocking, right? It's almost like, what happened? Like, is this for real? You know, so, um, when you, so months 
couple months later, we saw the video. We know this young man, 25, so just a few years older than you, when he was shot down and murdered by two men, did you feel like you had to change the way that you did things to avoid that situ to avoid those situations? Did you do you feel like you had to make some changes? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Me, um, I just I do what I have to do every day. I, I God forbid I I get put in a situation like that just by just walking down the street, you know. Yeah. Um, or God forbid my mom. Pray my last time coming back home type of thing, but um, no, nah, I never really thought of anything like that or changing my ways. Cause okay. not a bad person or do anything. He wasn't a bad person. He wasn't just a human black black guy. Yeah, and it was on them. And so that's the thing that's important for you guys to understand is that you you're doing what you do, and that's the only thing that you can do. You can't go through life making adjustments and changes for people because of you you fear how they're going to respond to you. You as you said before, you you will move fearless. Like you will move and people will move out of your way because they can't they won't be able to control you. So good that you didn't think I need to do something different because those things impact when you see them and you hear about them. Of course as moms, we want to think, oh, Lord, how do we protect our child? And short of keeping you locked up like in a pandemic, we lit we can't do that, you know, but we want yeah. to keep you men safe. So I know friends, uh, I know one of my best friends, um, I think when the situation happened with George Floyd, his mother kept it inside. I was like, I mean, I understand, but I don't think it wouldn't really do anything. Right. I guess the protesting and the the police and I don't know. It was just yeah. yeah. It was that was that was bad too. And that's the next thing. So in the Arbery case, so the two guys, the dad and the son and the videographer, have all been arrested. Mm -hmm. it came out that the videographer hit him with his car, either while he was recording or before before he started recording. So they're all charged with some part of the murder, which is good because they definitely need um, a consequence for it. Definitely. Yep, and something that annoyed me about that is that the police and the judges or whoever kind of conspired to write a letter talking about why it was okay and they were in their right to shoot them. And I think that that, kind of got a pass for a while because people didn't understand it enough to go against it until there was a lawyer brought in. Do you think that lack of education contributes to um, the negative situations or people not being able to move forward because they don't have enough information or resources to make the steps to move forward. Do you think that is a correlation to um, education or you think that's just kind of the way that it goes? So you're saying that if education was not okay. here? If they, not even that it's not here, but if not, if not furthering education, if not continuing to grow, if that kind of lends to them being stuck in a place of not understanding the legal system or just getting caught in the legal system. Okay. Um, I believe so, but um, I can't really, I'm not really too, I don't want to be, I'm not really accurate on this, but I believe so in a way, if 
you have more education in what you're talking about or what you're doing, um, I believe you can outsmart the system, you know, so. At but, least work the system, right? Yeah, exactly. At least work the system. And I think that kind of that happened with the Arbery case because when when the, somebody in the legal system is giving you information and you don't have the people don't have the comprehension for it, they're mm-hmm. literally stuck with what they're given. There's not a there's not a recourse to say no, 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 that's not accurate, or I don't want to do that because it's even documented that people have pled out to years in prison for a crime when other people got like a couple of months exactly. just because they didn't understand what was going on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then fast forward to George Floyd. We watched him on video being murdered by a police officer and it was recorded. A young girl, 17, 18, your age recorded the video. So when you saw, did you, were you able to watch that video? I'd never watched it. I I think what hit me most is when I think it was a post when it had what his last words he said. That kind of definitely hit me the most. I, I really felt that. I had to get off Instagram for that one. Yeah. Yeah, that made me really, really sad and mad. It was just a lot of emotions. Yeah. And so that's when I had, you know, and took the time off Instagram. But um, at that time, it was just celebrities, I guess, I want to say disrespecting, but it wasn't going the right way about the situation. So they got really backlash from mm-hmm. other people. If I'm a celebrity and I have potential followers, I'm gonna use that to my best ability, you know, just to start attention, uh, start a movement, something positive. But they did it the opposite. So I was completely upset at the uh, celebrities. Okay. They were speaking up, you know, they speak up for other these things, other stuff that's trending or anything, or, you know, saying their music, but they don't speak up for Black Lives Matter or anything like that. So that kind of got me upset. Right. A, a lot of uh, the celebrity issue comes up a lot because people always want to know where is this person? Where is this person? Why aren't they saying anything? And that's the part that reminds us that they're human and they're they go through they're going through the same turmoil and emotions that we're going through. We we don't see them as human. We see them as kind of a subhuman group because they're so amazing in their gift of entertainment. But because they're amazing and we look to them, we expect them to be able to say something to help everybody deal with it. But they're just emotional trying to figure it out too. Um, so there was a, it took some time for people to start speaking out. I think um, once, once the recording came out with George Floyd and I think it was four days before the um, officer was arrested, Chauvin was arrested and he went in on third degree murder and now it's been changed to second degree murder. And I found out today that they, there was a press conference and they were expecting a plea deal, but the plea deal fell through. And that was like on the 28th of March. So that was about two weeks ago. So that didn't happen. So now he's in prison, but it's now coming out that he and George Floyd knew each other. Exactly, I've seen that. Yep, that they knew each other. And now it's, is it, do they know each other? He had a problem with it. And now can it be first degree murder? So that's kind of the conversation. What do you think about seeing that and that they may have known each other? When I seen that, it was um, surprising. You know, when when cops kill each other, they usually don't know the, the person that they killed. Yeah. In my opinion. 
Right. And then, wait, I think they met at the diner, right? If I'm not mistaken. At a club. They used to work. They would work the same club. Like, I think they said George Floyd would be security inside and the officers would be outside. And they kind of had words before. That's, I mean, you know the news. Who knows? So. Yeah, I, they don't tell so little stuff. But, um, yeah, it was it was a bit surprising. Um, but still, it's a, it's a human. You know, why take his life? Right. It was the other way around. Exactly. Man, immediately we already know what that would have been immediately, and and then also it's like when you think about the when you think about the picture of Chauvin, the guy on his neck, and the blank face that he had, it's almost like there was there's no remorse, no compassion, like there is nothing that says there's a human here that's begging me for air there's a that there's a human and that was really kind of the thing that said oh this is this guy is a sociopath like he got some he has some issue that he doesn't even heed to the human cry you know it doesn't even matter to him i, I feel so disrespected i don't know as a black as a black man like it was just disrespectful in a way it, it's disrespectful all the way not in a way but all the way like like you said, sociopathy. How could you just take somebody's life, right? And just feel no remorse, like just feel nothing. Nothing. His face was blank. Like his face was blank. Like there's no expression, and he was almost like, like he didn't even care. And and so that's the thing that we have to make sure that we don't allow to, because as Black Americans, we're very forgiving we have to make sure that we don't humanize Chauvin in the process exactly. because George Floyd is dead. He's been murdered and he's been buried. And now we're here about Chauvin and his life and his this, and we have, we're so compassionate. We'll have an ability to make him a person again. Oh, he didn't mean it, but he meant it. Like you see it, like you see, you could see that in him. So with the did you get an opportunity to go to any of the protests i'm actually going this friday i was supposed to go today but it started raining yeah. so i'm definitely going friday i believe that piedmont park if i'm not mistaken i, I gotta look at it again i'm going okay. to so um yeah i'm going this friday have you made your sign do you know what you're going to carry um something powerful nothing nothing too much but something you know saying powerful okay well, good. So you didn't go to the protest, so that means you weren't a part of any of the looting and rioting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do, you, do you know anybody that was a part of any of that? Not really. I don't know anybody. But, um, I don't know anybody, any friends or any relatives yeah. that was a part of it. Yeah, you guys are still young in that, I think, before, and to be just going out and looting and rioting, because that doesn't mean anything to you. Looting and rioting would be for somebody who knows about looting and rioting. They've seen it before, they know that it's lucrative, but now with all this facial recognition, they know that they're, they should know they're gonna end up with a charge or go to jail, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I was um, really upset about the looting and rioting. Um, and I kept talking about that and not as much about the protest. And then my guest last week, Quentin, made a statement, something like, we can't give so much attention to the looting and rioting that it takes away from the protest. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was like, 
that was good for me because I wasn't given the protest the amount of energy that it required. I was concentrating on the negative. So that was good for me. And it helped me to kind of pull back on that piece and just to kind of magnify the protesting because that's powerful to be able to um, protest First Amendment, right, First Amendment right to um, uh, assemble, right to assemble. So. Um, now that we've been protesting for, oh gosh, it's been what, two weeks now? Yeah, two. Yeah, so it's been two weeks now. And it seems to continue. It's going to continue. There's, there's, they're orga organizing one in Washington, D.C. for August 28th. Mm -hmm. um, but the con, the con side of the protest is that the coronavirus numbers are increasing. Yeah. Um, I've seen a post. I don't know really what to believe. I don't know. Like, I guess they're saying okay. it's fake or something. I don't, I don't know. So I, don't know. I don't know at this point. You're thinking that people are saying the coronavirus is fake? Yeah, I don't know at this point. I don't really try to believe yeah. media like that. I don't really try to go too much in the media. So the, so the conspiracy theorist, you're like, I'm not getting caught up in that. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's me too. Right. So I'm, I'm with you too. But um, so it's like there's a there's a pandemic that has shut down the world. Mm -hmm. So we know that. And we know that I have to look at it like this. I know that during the time we were shut down, that people were dying, like people were dying because of something. Right. I couldn't allow myself to get caught up in the conspiracy theories because it's like a rabbit hole from in any time it's like a rabbit hole of nothingness and this is something you'll have to kind of um navigate yourself as a young man where to put your energy what to rely on right and i've on the joy exposed podcast i always go back to what the cdc is saying because that's been the constant in my life from polio to measles mumps rubella you know, when you go to school, you got to get your shots. <laughs> and that CD, the Centers for Disease Control, that's the organization within the U.S. that manages that data. So if they're saying there's a pandemic and this is what you do, I'm probably going to trust them because I've trusted them. But some of the other stuff, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know myself. But, um, I had times where I did have a mask and nothing happened. Well, that you don't want anything to happen. I, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, my grandma's always on to me, don't forget your mask, don't forget your mask. So. Well, you have to think about your grandmother, yeah. who she's probably not much older than me. So you're, so she's probably, she's in the mindset of knowing what it was like when you, we started getting vaccines, period. So when we started getting vac vaccines before, so she is aware and knowing to follow the rules, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer. We've been doing that ever since this stuff happened anyway, so. But then some people are still dying. The high, the older people and the little babies with compromised immune system, but that's with everything, the flu, that's with everything all the time. I think this time the concern was more so, no one really knew what to do because there wasn't a flu vaccine already put together, which, you know, there usually is in the months of October, November, you start taking your flu shot. No, September, October, you start taking your flu shot. But this, there wasn't one and people were dying. So 
you know, there was a little bit of alarm. But you guys are supposed to be fearless. Yeah. It's not going to get me. <laughs> I just, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm always working out or doing something. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like this whole pandemic could have been stopped before you even came to the United States, in my opinion. It could have. They, they, right. they knew about it in China, but they didn't do anything until it came. Well, they knew about it in China, but you think the United States moves on money. So weren't you, were you born the year that the World Trade Center was bombed? I was right. My birthday is August 8th, 2001. So that was like a month. A month, yeah. So you came in in the biggest terrorist attack ever in the United States. And yeah. now you have this. So your life will be all of the chaos. <laughs> so, so you're like, I started with 9-11. I finished high school with a pandemic. Like that will be your story. So um, the United States is a huge money center from all over the world. We are definitely that powerhouse. And people move in and out of the U.S. like crazy. So you're right. Knowing that there's a pandemic somewhere and still allowing this traffic into the U.S., there could have been, there should have been a faster, swifter um, approach to stopping it. But you have to think our leadership was saying, it's no big deal. It's not going to bother us. That's where that was coming from our leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our leadership. Our, our lack of leadership, right, our lack of leadership. So that was coming from that, from there. And then we find out a couple months later, like, holy crap, now we got to shut this stuff down and figure this piece out. So fortunately, you're on the other side. Hopefully we're on the other side and, you know, you'll, you know, we'll all be fine. I still wear my mask. I have a hand sanitizer in the car. I move a little bit or not, but, you know, we still just take precautions because, this could literally be around for a long time. And they're talking about a vaccine, but the vaccine usually takes a year to develop from start to production. And they just started trials about three months ago. So we won't right, see right. that. For, yeah, we won't see that for a little while. So um, the other thing before you go, so I'm mean, not before we go, but I want you to read your poem. Mm -hmm. The other thing about, um, the for Arbery and Floyd, there was a uh, older black man. His name was Christian Cooper, who was in Central Park bird watching. Did you see that story? Oh, okay, so he was bird watching, and a woman told him, "I'm going to call the." She, he told the woman, a white woman, to put her dog on a leash. I seen that. I seen yeah, that. yep, yep. And she said, "I'm going to call the police and tell them." A black African-American man is threatening me. And he was like, call whatever you want. And that's the fearlessness. That's the understanding that you are of privilege too. That's understanding where you are. And that's what you're saying in your words is like, you know what? Do what you're gonna do. Cause I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And that's the that's what we all want. The older people, that's what we want. That privilege, that fearlessness that you have. What made y'all not have this fearless um, mindset? Like, what was that? Well, it was more so of, there's a separation of black and white. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the way that, I mean, we're talking segregated communities. 
where black people lived one place, white people lived another place. And it was almost like there are just lines you didn't cross, especially the generation before mine, the baby boomers, for sure. And that's when the women went to work, the baby boomers went to work. Those are the people that are dying now, like the older people now, the baby boomers. So, but for our generation, it was almost the time that education was expected, but you didn't have to, you know, so you can go to college or you don't have to, you can go to military or you don't have to, but we, we all knew our white American counterparts who had the luxury of going and not worrying about money and just being able to do whatever. So that in itself was a separation. Many of us were raised by people, by our parents didn't talk separation because they understood that you're as good as anybody else, but there are a lot of people that are still stuck. And that's where it's just a transition from segregation to integrated schools, it's just that transition. But you guys are on the other side of it that you won't have that yet, right? You won't go through that. You understand that you're free, you're free American and you do whatever the hell you wanna do. Exactly. Yeah, so you you guys understand that. All right, so, um, uh, okay, so you have a poem. So you ready to yeah. read your poem? All right, so Jair has a poem, he wrote it, it's an original. He's gonna share it with us. It's on me? Yep, it's on you. All right, uh, this piece is called Black Beauty. And it goes, what is beauty? Is it defined as a skin color or a race? Or is it what society makes? Beauty is a lot like magic. The untold mysteries of great physical characteristics, but yet so unhappy, so miserable, miserable that the world judges you from the color of your skin. But deep down, do they really know who you are? Beauty is a lot like a snowflake, so fragile by the touch, but yet so unique, transparent as can be. In in that moment, you become broken pieces that cannot be rebuilt. Beauty is a lot like a moon. There's changes she go through, but yet so hard to understand. But all in all, what makes beauty so difficult is that the fact we try to humiliate each other who are not like us. But all in all, we're the same race, but just different shades of black. Nice. Very nice. Do you write often? Yeah, I, I write often. Uh, yeah. I definitely have a poetry page I just put up this month, and I've been having a lot of love support going on with friends and family. So, you know, I've just been writing here and there, whatever's on my mind. Well, good. I think writing um, definitely sets you free. I started writing myself about, I used to always journal, and I started writing probably three years ago. I started writing, and that's been a lifesaver for me because I guess the artistic part of you is always at work <laughs> so it's yeah. like you have to kind of do like a brain dump because yeah. it's always in there so good for you that you found that and thank you for sharing that i think that that your choice um, to share tonight is perfect because that's essentially what we're talking about is that we are a human race you know we are a human race and we're all varying shades of black and brown and um we're trying to figure out how to appreciate each other 
without humiliation of ourselves or other people. So I think that was a great choice of um, to share. And you sent me a copy of it and I'll, I'll put it on my blog and um, send you the link so you can share that as well. And um, thank you for that. Is there anything that you want to add or share? We're down to like the last seven minutes if you wanna say anything or you have any questions for me. Uh, I wanna thank my mom and and Miss Johnson and Mark for giving this um my first podcast. This is this was great. It was a good experience. It was it was fun. It was great talking. Uh, um, want to shout out my friends and family who've been supporting me since day one. You know, even when I look like I'm giving up, you know, there's there's a bit of hope in them that makes me keep going. Um, shout out to my little sister. Yeah, I do this for her. I do this for my family. Um. Yeah, that's that's it. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And one of the things that you you have to remember growing up is that there will be some times that are difficult. Like there will be some difficult times and you feel like you can't. But but can't isn't really an option. Like the universe has chosen you to do something amazing. And you'll always think that you should be doing something else. And that's just a gentle reminder that you're not done. Even when you think you want to give up mm -hmm. and you lay there and do nothing and say, I quit, it doesn't go away. It's like, okay, okay, okay. It doesn't go away. And, and you know, don't fight against it because your gifts are yours. They don't belong to anybody else. And you are your own greatness. You're not to be somebody else. You're not to be like somebody else you're only to be yourself and and to walk in it boldly to be proud of it and not afraid as you have already presented to us that you you are fearless and that's an amazing gift to have already yeah and that's what i try to be i, I definitely tell you myself um yeah. be unique you know be creative like not a lot of people write poetry these days so i use my yeah. gift yeah uh, use it for well, other people i don't just do this for myself i know people that uh, go through things and they need some words and experience or inspiration. So, and it's funny since you said that, um, one of my friends actually told me on Instagram, there's a post, it's right here. She said, I love to read your writing, King. You, you, you touch a lot of topics that men would generalize as lame or not hard. And I said, they aren't real men. I'm not here to impress people. I would rather be myself than fitting like the next man. And that's just true. That's just how I am. Um, I like to impress. I mean, I'm not here to impress people. Right. That's my job. And that's that is amazing. Oh my God, you don't even understand how many adults can't articulate that. <laughs> you don't understand. I always tell people, you gotta be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Like you can't be anybody else. You just gotta be yourself. But for you to understand the significance of your presence, the significance of your gift at this age, hands down, you're winning, right? You're winning and you're gonna go off to college. You're gonna get through this summer without the coronavirus and yeah. you're gonna go off to college and you're gonna see in college that you are, you will stand above the crowd and you are great. And that's, that's a realization that, you have to own and there's a lot of responsibility in knowing that in accepting the greatness that you have been given mm -hmm. there's a lot of responsibility in that 
And as long as you stay level-headed and you think things out and you understand that doing the right thing never allows anyone to question your integrity. Mm-hmm. When, you do, when you do what you think is right, you never have to be questioned about your choices, right? So it was, yep, it was a pleasure having you and um, thank you for joining. I thank will um, upload this to YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and I'll make sure you have the links um, that you can share. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful night. And thanks for sharing your poetry as well. Have a great night. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. See you guys next week. Bye. Mwah.